The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Buzz Burbank, news and comment. Monday, September 19th, 2016. From the one-man worldwide newsroom, this is free and independent news on a commercial-free Monday, made possible when you support the shows and sponsors at buzzburbank.com. First, the headlines. It was a weekend of terror in the U.S. with homemade bombs going off in New York and New Jersey and a man killed in Minnesota after he stabbed eight people at a mall. And Donald Trump has kept his razor-thin lead over Hillary Clinton in the UPI poll for two weeks now with just seven weeks till the election. Trump continued to dominate the political headlines over the weekend as well. He threatened to end U.S. relations with Cuba, just reestablished after 52 years, and Trump made what sounded to many like a second invitation to assassinate Hillary Clinton. Details on the presidential race coming up, but first, the bombs and stabbings. At a train station in Elizabeth, New Jersey this morning, just across the river from New York City, another bomb went off as authorities were trying to dismantle it. It happened after the discovery of a backpack Sunday evening that contained five explosive devices. There was no significant damage and no one got hurt, although officials say it could have killed many, many people because of its proximity to a pub at the height of the dinner hour. In New York Saturday night, a bomb went off in the Chelsea district of New York City and another device was found nearby. The one that exploded was planted in or near a dumpster at about 23rd and 6th Avenue. 29 people were injured and property damage was extensive. Windows were shattered. The blast was powerful enough to lift one side of a man's car off the ground, doing some damage in the process. Manhattan diners came running out of restaurants. The place was soon crawling with cops, the FBI, and Homeland Security, armed with flashlights, bomb-sniffing dogs, and robots for handling explosives. The official response was quick. Just four blocks away from the crowd, the second and similar device was found, a pressure cooker wired to a cell phone and bound with duct tape. The now dismantled, unexploded device may provide clues about who planted the bombs and why. And earlier Saturday, a pipe bomb in a trash barrel went off during a Marine Corps charity run in Seaside Park, New Jersey, that had attracted 5,000 people. Again, lives were saved. No one got hurt because the run had been delayed because of late entries, and the run was canceled upon discovery of a suspicious backpack. Plus, much of the homemade bomb didn't explode. Bomb dogs were called in here, too, once the boardwalk and beach had been evacuated, and there was no damage beyond that trash barrel because the bomb was small enough and far enough away from buildings. That unexploded bomb may also provide valuable clues a possible connection between all the bombs is being investigated since all three used flip phones as detonators. At Crossroads Mall in St. Cloud, Minnesota, a man wearing a security company uniform drew a knife and went store to store stabbing eight people. He reportedly double-checked with one victim beforehand to make sure he wasn't stabbing a Muslim. An off-duty cop shot the suspect to death and lives were saved once again. Nine people were taken to hospitals, but only one was actually admitted for treatment. The mall was locked down for hours. The suspect had no significant police record in this country. ISIS had taken responsibility for that attack, but there's no evidence yet to substantiate that. ISIS has not taken responsibility for the bombs in New York and New Jersey. This morning, police are looking for a specific 28-year-old man in connection with both the bombs in New York's Chelsea neighborhood. 
and they're investigating a possible terror cell across the river in Elizabeth, New Jersey, where the most recent bombs were found. And after two overnight raids, police are questioning five people who may have been on their way to the airport and may be part of the same terror cell behind all the East Coast weekend bombings. The investigation's moving quickly and may have a foreign connection. Reaction from the presidential candidates has spotlighted the differences between them. Donald Trump saying we've got to get tough. Clinton saying it's best to gather information before jumping to conclusions. And these events may tip the scales even more toward a win for Donald Trump, who's called for a temporary ban on Muslims from troubled spots and the building of a wall along the Mexican border. But Trump was making other kinds of headlines over the weekend, including threatening to end our new diplomatic ties with Cuba. There are now more than 100 flights a day between the U.S. and Cuba after more than a half century of no relations at all with a country 90 miles off the tip of Florida. We have an open embassy there again. More than half the Cuban-Americans in the Miami area support these new relations. But Trump, at a rally in Miami, said he'll reverse all this progress if Cuba doesn't meet his demands for a more open society. He hopes to strong-arm that communist nation into allowing free speech and religion, along with releasing its political prisoners. Quoting Trump, All the concessions Obama granted the regime were done through executive order, which means the next president can reverse them. End quote. If there's one thing Donald Trump does well, it's telling his mostly white, mostly undereducated supporters what they want to hear. At that Miami rally, Trump also perpetuated the myth that Clinton, to quote Trump, wants to destroy our Second Amendment. That is patently untrue. Even Trump knows it, but neither he nor his supporters seem to care about that particular truth and others. Clinton has called for some stricter gun control measures, including the vastly supported universal background checks. But Trump also caused Jaws to drop again when he suggested Clinton's Secret Service team stop carrying weapons to see what happens to her. Trump said, quote, she goes around with armed bodyguards like you have never seen before. I think her bodyguards should disarm immediately, take their guns away. She doesn't want guns. Let's see what happens to her. Trump gets exactly the same Secret Service protection as Clinton, no more, no less. Last month, Trump warned his supporters that Clinton would nominate liberal judges to the Supreme Court to help her gut the Second Amendment. Never mind that Clinton has said she wouldn't touch the Second Amendment. But again, Trump disregards the facts. Trump went on to say that nothing could stop Clinton from gutting the Second Amendment except, quoting him, the Second Amendment people. Trump later said he meant to vote against her, not kill her. Both that comment and the one over the weekend were off the cuff and typical of the kinds of incendiary things Trump occasionally says and would apparently continue to say if elected president. Republicans and Democrats alike have widely and soundly condemned these comments, but Trump supporters apparently will not be moved. In fact, Trump is holding his lead over Clinton for a 13th straight day, his longest lead since before the conventions. Hillary Clinton has lost her solid lead of a month ago, and the two candidates remain in a dead heat, less than 1% apart, just 50 days from the election. By some polls, Clinton still leads Trump, illustrating just how close the race is. But Clinton's leads have been shrinking and or disappearing in several key swing states as well. And surveys show her base is considerably less enthusiastic about voting than Trump's. One recent poll had three and four voters saying they would wait until after the debates to make up their minds. But another poll of Trump and Clinton supporters has nine out of ten saying they've already made up their minds. The first debate is one week from tonight. Many Democrats are left wondering if things would be different if Bernie Sanders were the party's nominee instead of Hillary Clinton. 
And although he has made some campaign appearances on behalf of Clinton, many are wondering whatever happened to Bernie Sanders. Most recently, Sanders was on Morning Joe with some advice for Clinton and perhaps a glimpse at how things might be different if it were Trump versus Sanders. Sanders said Clinton needs to contrast with Trump by ignoring the personality stuff. Sanders says Clinton should focus on the real issues. Sanders also had some questions he thinks Clinton should ask Trump in the debates, including, Mr. Trump, do you really think billionaires need a massive tax break? You want to abolish the Affordable Care Act for 20 million people. How many are going to die? How many are going to be much sicker? And when the entire scientific community tells us climate change is real and a threat to the planet, you think it's a hoax. What's your scientific basis for that? Quoting Sanders, you go issue by issue and expose him for the fraud that he is. As for the lack of enthusiasm about voting among Clinton supporters, President Obama appealed to black voters over the weekend. Addressing the Congressional Black Caucus for the final time as president, Obama told voters it would be an insult to his legacy if African Americans don't get out and vote for Clinton. Quoting Obama, all the progress we've made is at stake in this election. Our progress is on the ballot. Tolerance is on the ballot. Democracy is on the ballot. Justice is on the ballot. End quote. Support news and comment with follows, likes, and shares on social media at Buzz Burbank and Michael J. Elston. This is Buzz Burbank News and Comment on the Realm Network. Gasoline prices may be headed upward unexpectedly. A pipeline leak last week in Alabama has led to shortages and higher prices in six southeastern states, prompting the governors of those states to declare states of emergency to keep the prices in check. The pipeline, which runs from Houston to New York, supplies 40% of the gasoline for the East Coast, and that could boost prices, at least in that part of the country, through the end of the year. A quarter million gallons of gas have spilled. A bypass pipeline is currently being built to try to keep the fuel flowing. The U.S. has officially expressed its regret for accidentally killing 62 Syrian soldiers and wounding 100 others in an airstrike meant for ISIS. Early Saturday evening Syrian time, a couple of our F-16s and a couple of our A-10s entered Syria's airspace from a base in Iraq. The U.S. reportedly checked with Russia first but got no response, so carried out the strike. Syrian media says the deadly American mistake also handed control to ISIS, a mountain overlooking a military airbase. This happened just as Russia was complaining that groups fighting the Syrian government, including some backed by the U.S., were ignoring the ceasefire and that if this continued, the ceasefire would end. And the humanitarian aid that was supposed to have gone to a quarter million people in Aleppo during this week-long ceasefire is still tied up in paperwork on the Turkey side of the Syrian border thanks to the Syrian government, another violation of the ceasefire agreement. Syrian President Bashar Assad is holding up the entry permits for that humanitarian aid, the delivery of which was the whole point of the ceasefire. The People vs. O.J. Simpson won the most Emmys last night, with five, including Best Actress in a Limited Series for Sarah Paulson, who played prosecutor Marsha Clark. Best Acting Awards also went to Courtney B. Vance and Sterling K. Brown for their respective roles as lawyer Johnny Cochran and prosecutor Chris Darden. Game of Thrones won for Best Drama again. Veep won for Best Comedy. It was the sixth Best Comedy Actress win for Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Here's your weekly Fandango movie roundup. For the second straight week, Sully was the top movie in North American theaters, taking in another $22 million. Blair Witch premiered in second place, but with a disappointing $10 million. Bridget Jones' Baby opened in third. The new Snowden film was fourth. 
Don't Breathe was fifth with under six million in ticket sales. Maybe the scary movies will do better as Halloween draws closer. For your local theaters and showtimes, previews, tickets, and so much more, and to support this free news, please use and bookmark the Fandango link you'll find at buzzburbank.com. The age of the flying burrito may be upon us. Chipotle's teaming up with Google to use automated drones supervised by a human to deliver burritos by air. It'll start as a trial program on the Virginia Tech campus. Quoting one student, I hope it spreads everywhere. Flight data will be shared with the FAA, which hopes to learn how to use drones to deliver life-saving medicine, batteries, and other items into disaster areas. For now, it's just burritos. And since some are made with pork, you may no longer use the words, when pigs fly. And finally, Animal Story short version. You never know what you might see in Florida. For one woman in Newport Ritchie, it was an albino raccoon. No mask, no stripes, no color at all except for pink ears and a totally white coating of fur, and yet it's a raccoon. A woman documented her discovery with cell phone photos, and wildlife officials called the sighting not common, citing numbers that show for every albino raccoon there are 750,000 that aren't. One wildlife official said people, quote, have a better chance of being struck by lightning than seeing an albino raccoon. And yet this is Florida. Large white sheep, described as very skittish, got loose in the suburban town of Haddonfield, New Jersey last week. City officials have advised citizens not to try to catch the sheep. Besides, they run away when approached, even escaping from experienced animal control personnel. Days later, some of the sheep are still on the lamb. I'm Buzz Burbank. Thanks for listening, and thanks for supporting the shows and sponsors at BuzzBurbank.com. I'll be back tomorrow with another Buzz Burbank News and Comedy. The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network.